0: <laughs> but you are live now, so Perfect. if you feel like blushing, now's the time. I have to have my water. Alright, so this is so weird because I can't see myself this time. Yeah. So whatever. It's not like I'm not used to talking to myself. We are here with Brennan Vinateri. Uh blast from my past. Um I don't know, I can't remember my super awesome intro for you. Uh, oh you had
1: an, an awesome intro and everything.
0: I did. Did you not see it? Okay. Let's no, see. you
1: didn't you told me you wanted to do one, but. Oh, I've
0: got it. Okay. I've got it. Oh, because you haven't even seen it yet, so now I'm even more excited. Okay. Let's. We're going to redo that. You guys don't know who he is yet.
1: Don't know. Forget. The way it's here.
0: Okay. I might have to look it up. No, I don't. I've got this. I got <laughs> this. Concrete worker by day, by day, super villain by night. Super villain. Yes. Okay, all right. <laughs> um, Self-proclaimed fashionisto, Captain Charisma himself. Oh Lord! his Wow. <laughs> <laughs> you you, you said lot. you were leaving it to me. Yeah.
1: All right.
0: Okay. <laughs> so, um, this is our second show, guys. I don't know. I don't know how long it's gonna go before I stop saying what show we're on, but whatever. Bear with me, um, and we are just here to have some real human conversation. Um, I am. So first, do you have anything else that you want to add, like what what people should know about you other than the amazing things I already told them?
1: Um. You know, not yet. You know, I guess I got a few things going on. She got the concrete worker thing right. Love and enjoy that piece, but I think the other big piece of me that you should know is that I'm working on bodybuilding. But that's about it. I mean, yeah, charismatic. Obviously, you can tell through the camera. You don't have to know.
0: I am actually wondering if we are live.
1: All of that said? We might
0: have to do that all again. It says live. All right. So this phone is, is just not picking it up. Whatever. That's fine. I if it pops up that. Oh,
1: I got a notification. Does it me. say you're live? Maybe. Oh, it says you're
0: live. Oh, sweet. It's just my phone. Whatever. All right. So what? what got you into bodybuilding? Let's start there.
1: Okay, well,
0: when I... Hold on. What's up? Explain for the people who don't know what bodybuilding is.
1: Okay, well, bodybuilding is just competitively training to build the the best physique you possibly can and then showing that off on stage against other people who do the very same thing and ultimately trying to have the best physique on stage. Um, There's different classes for that, different weights, so on and so forth, but the ultimate goal is, you know um getting to the Olympia stage ideally. Uh nowhere near that yet. And actually, um with fitness, the bodybuilding thing is more of a newer discovery for myself at least. At least that I wanted to do it anyway. But yeah.
0: Okay, so then what brought you to bodybuilding?
1: I guess we'd have to go back and talk about why I started training at all. You know, yeah, and that's junior year of high school, I weighed 140 pounds was five foot eight very small kid and you know we always have everyone has jocks and things like that but I was never like super duper athletic or super big or had any of those things going for me physically so I think I was a super competitive person though you know and I hated not being good at any of the sports I tried or whatever the case was or just not having capability so I started training junior year of high school in strength training class and I just loved how that made me feel and then I would go after school and train with my dad at the college um and I just started seeing results really quick so then I guess it was like I smelled blood you know like I was instantly on the track of something super exciting I found that I could find results really quick with it and I started growing. Uh, pretty fast started getting an appetite everything i don't know i guess all the appetite, of
0: that that's my favorite part. right that's the <laughs> biggest piece
1: is that i actually felt like i could eat something so yeah. that was nice but um no i guess on that it just once i started seeing results it made me excited to know that i had the ability to adapt my body or adjust my body in any way i could possibly think of just depending on the variables i adjusted you know and it didn't start off that way i was just super excited to see results and get out of being that small frail kid Uh, but then it turned into much more knowing that i can do this and i can change what i look like okay it almost turned into becoming like a chemist in a way okay yeah
0: so what made you choose bodybuilding over other athletic endeavors
1: i guess it resonates with me more than everything else um you know you have Powerlifting and strongman, but then on top of that, you have the, all the sports and everything like that. um Right now, bodybuilding and everything like that is what inspired me to start training in the first place. Okay. Um, being able to do that, so for me, it's I want to start there. It's not to say that I won't eventually experiment with other things, but that's where I want to begin because that was where my foundation was. Okay.
0: I'm, I'm on the other side. I'm on the powerlifting side right. where I just want to lift as much. Right, you getting as strong as hell, too. Humanly. Thank you. Yeah. Three, uh, what was that? 300 and
1: something on your day. 325.
0: Hopefully, I'll hit 330 next weekend. That was, uh-huh. That's the goal. Which is funny because that was my goal for my meet in March. And so, I'm super stoked that I might be hitting it next weekend. My coach this morning was like, just like, maybe shoot for like 315, 326. you like, have a coach right now? Yeah. That's really good. Cool. Actually, so it's, It's all online and everything. But uh she's competing this weekend at Mm -hmm. Oh god, I'm gonna feel so bad for not remembering this hybrid something. It's like an invite only money meet. So Oh that's cool. My coach is Kirsten Skurlock. And she is like a beast. Uh yeah. She I don't remember what her ranking is, but she has one of the highest like highest squats ever. Her squat's like six something. She's a badass lady, um, which is why I was just like, you know, so two reasons I chose her as my coach. Uh, Well, maybe three reasons. One, she's a badass. Two, she kind of went through the same um, journey as me from like being an athlete to always trying to maintain being small enough to be approved of to be an athlete and then realizing that when you build strength, you build size and it doesn't really matter what your gender is. And fuck it, I'm going to eat food and be as strong as I can be, instead of trying to cut weight to try to right. fit, um, which definitely, she was actually, let's see, on Futures Female Podcast, like, the week that, um, like, as I put it, the week all the shit went down with women's weight classes, so... Okay.
1: Yeah, you're going to have to okay. open that. Door. So,
0: oh. um, up until, well, January 1st, um, women's weight classes in most federations and especially like USPA, um, women's heavyweight started at 198 pounds. So anyone above 198 pounds was considered super he- super heavyweight. Okay. And super heavyweight doesn't start for men until 308 pounds. Gotcha. So, I went into my first meet being like, like I was one month, almost a month, into uh, eating disorder recovery and was like, had come to terms with the fact that I was going to be in the heavyweight division and then made weight by like half a pound. And then I was just like, okay, but how do we change this? And like literally walked out of my way in and be like, what do we do? And like, people are like, oh, people have been asking for years, we're not gonna do it. And I'm like, okay, So people have been asking for years, like, we should look at this. And, like, half the people who were there were like, I don't know. I don't think it's going to happen. Other people were like, okay, like, you do the work. I'll find people for you to talk to. A couple weeks later, I'm working out on Instagram in the middle of my sets because as in true power lifter fashion. And USPA is like, hey, ask us whatever questions you want. And a couple of women had asked, are you ever going to extend um, the, weight the weight classes for women? And they were like, oh, we just don't have the data that proves that. And I responded. I was like, what data do you need? Tell me right now. I get you. Like, I got you. I'll, I'll spread find sh- this. Spreadsheets. I got you. So um, that weekend, I felt like I'm maybe not powerful. So empowered because I one uspa turned off the comments after a while because oh, i go. started getting like um so i can remember people's names off the top of my head um amber alice um trying to think of a couple anyway all of these like super top ranked power lifters who are just phenomenal women fucking beasts like i wouldn't want to meet them in a dark alley and Like, these people are tagging me and being like, hey, you need to talk to these people. And they had set up back in August, um, the main event project, which their whole thing, and it's starting in strength sports, but Mm -hmm. the idea is to expand. But the whole concept is to um, represent the idea that women in sports is not a sideshow. We are part of the main event. And... So they had this little fire, like they've had this fire burning under them for a while because they've been competing for a while. Mm -hmm. Um, But like people kept bringing it up to them and they were like, okay, so let's fucking do something about it. So the four of these women get together and like I get a hold of them and they're like, actually, we already have the data. Like we had, like I hired someone to crunch it and like give us like really pretty spreadsheets and graphs and shit. Um, We're putting out a petition. Like stay tuned, help out where you can, whatever. And I was like, perfect. This is gonna be amazing. And like the the lady from Futures Female Powerlifting contacted me. Um, a couple of lifters that I follow, who again are just like badasses, were like, hey, because I I can be feisty sometimes. Right. So like whoever was running the USPA site. Um he was just like, well we need the data. And I was like, okay, what kind of data? And they were like, well, we just don't want to dilute the competition. That's it's always been their thing. And so I spent an hour or two on open power where all of people like every power lifter's record, if they've competed, is there. Clicked a couple buttons, made a couple spreadsheets. And I don't remember the the data Exactly right now. But there's like 400 at the time, there's like 485 women who compete in super heavyweight, but only like 27 women who compete under 100 pounds. And so if their reasoning was to that there has to be more competition, Mm -hmm. um, then their reasoning is flawed and also there are four times the amount of women competing in super heavyweight than there are men because there's only like a hundred men who compete in super heavyweight Mm -hmm. because they have four more weight classes and so I start posting these things and I ruffled somebody's feathers well I probably didn't ruffle their feathers but I posted it and then some of the people who I follow who follow me back shared it which ruffled some feathers And then they started contacting me. They're like, where'd you get your information? And I was like, open power. Like, it's literally the site they put the information on. Like, they can look it up. It's their information. Um, And then I talked to um, the woman from Futurist Female Powerlifting podcast. And it was, like, it was just the best weekend ever. Like, I know that nobody out there knows my name, which is fine. But I was just like... Oh my god all of these people and I make a difference <laughs> and there's people like me and it's amazing um, so I was just super stoked and then a couple weeks later the um, the petition dropped and wow it just got dark in here no, really Sun so just whatever it's um, yeah. the beauty of radio is eventually this is just audio anyway so whatever <laughs> um, and they like so I think like four federations smaller federations, um, like within 24 hours, we're like, no, you're right. Like our job is to be here for our athletes. Our athletes are saying that they want to be able to compete against their peers. And cause for me as someone who's like, like today I weigh 202 pounds. And so back in October, had I competed in super heavyweight, I compete with anybody bigger than me right and so i'm like the really really small fish in a really big ocean and they're like the really really badass lifters who are lifting 600 pounds and shit and i'm just like i'm not there guys but if i compete against somebody who is within 20 pounds of me there's a better chance of us having like somewhat close to lifts you know you can actually compare what we're doing um so like First 24 hours, about four federations expanded their weight classes. Um, within a week, I think seven did. And then USBA was harder to turn. You know, they're bigger, they have right. like international stuff that I have to worry about. But I got a text message Thanksgiving morning from our state rep. She was like, Hey, I just want to let you know. Like, you can't say anything until it's public, but they are expanding weight classes January 1st. And I was just like, ah, And I like.
1: That's crazy. Telling
0: everybody. I'm just like, everybody, this is really exciting. That and I'm like, so I'm cool. with my cousins who are like 12 and they're like, cool. And I was like, ah. But yeah. And then like every day I'm like, did they announce it yet? Did they announce it yet? And as soon as they announced it, I was like, yes. <laughs> Victory. That's awesome. Anyway. All so. Well. <laughs> um, But at the same time, like just in general, it makes me happy because. One, people are being represented, two, like it just, it makes the sport more accessible to people and more accessible right. mentally. Because when you are, we'll say mid-sized, um, it's really intimidating to be like, okay, so my options are starve myself or, lift 400 more pounds ish right which right. which Doesn't one is yeah so yeah i'm excited i'm excited to see the growth in the sport because i've become a super duper power nerd um yeah
1: well it's got to be cool knowing that a lot of that derived from what you went out of your way to find yeah you know, a lot of that change came from that so that's really cool
0: yeah well and then it was just really cool that, like, that weekend that I was contacted by all those people, it wasn't like, oh, I'm making this huge ripple, right? It was, wow, there are other people just like me making all of these ripples, and if we make, like, there's enough of us, we eventually get hurt. And we finally did. Woo, yeah. us. Victor. Yeah. Um. Yeah. That was, that was a fun little.
1: <laughs> no, it's super cool. Though. It was fun. That's super cool.
0: okay so what what is your next goal in bodybuilding
1: in bodybuilding yeah right now i'm in a place where i'm sure they're trying to put on more size because i actually had a coach last year for a time um it didn't pan out quite the way i wanted it to and i realized I was getting quite a bit smaller before I was getting bigger. And just knowing what I was up against, I really thought, I don't know if I'm going to be able to do that. You know, just because I might be super shredded on stage, but there are going to be so many people who are shredded still that are overall proportionately bigger in that same class. You know, so I, I felt that I wasn't quite ready for that yet. So my newfound goal is simply to just put on a lot of muscle as quickly as possible and get into a place where I feel comfortable getting into competition prep and starting to cut and then getting back with the coach and then doing those things. So um, if I can get myself in a place like that, I feel a lot more comfortable. But then the goal is to do my first competition.
0: I was going to my next question. Have you competed yet?
1: I haven't. No. So I've had a couple in mind that I've started training for. And then like when I had that coach, I had one I was going to do in November, um, which... Didn't quite work out obviously with the coach and everything. But then I had another one I was going to get ready for in March. Uh, Again, I just could not get up to size. And I know a lot of that came from my flaws and not doing what I needed to do to get there. Um, So yeah, so I, I just have totally committed to the idea that I just need to put on muscle and get strong and get big and then go from there. That's the intention.
0: If I could trade some of my natural ability to do that to you, I would. But oh, I'm sorry. yeah,
1: no, I mean, <laughs> it's not some. It's crazy. I got up to two fifteen last year around May, is when I was around that, and that's that was a pretty good weight. But I want to get even higher than that. You, you know, if I can sustain that, but I just haven't been able to get back there. And a lot of it, I had a lot of changes in my life around that time too. So. Not to make any excuses, I take full ownership of the fact that I should have been anymore and doing what I needed to do, but, um, yeah, I mean, that's the thing. So that's my goal, I want to, I want to push those limits more, I want to push past a lot of that, and then we'll see, we'll have more of a serious discussion about competing and whatnot. All right.
0: Yeah? Okay, so this is, this is a quote I heard today. Okay. I'm changing, I'm sort of changing the conversation. <laughs> Um, and it wasn't the quote, like, the quote itself I agree with. It was how the quote was presented okay. that I disagreed with. Um, so, the quote itself was, every day you wake up and you have two choices, evolve or repeat. I got you. What? That does resonate with you. What does that, like, what comes up for you?
1: Evolve or repeat? I guess, you know, life is full of a lot of ups and downs as is. Um, You have a choice to recognize what you could do better every day. Mm -hmm. Um, Or you can sit there and be the person that says, why me? You know, and I think that's where I, I gather that. Um, we have that decision every day. I think when it comes to negative decisions or negative things or things we would perceive as negative situations or negative outcomes, um, we always have a choice to make ourselves better from that or decide that we had a part to play in something. Um, and when you can do that, I feel like you can get the most benefit out of everything. And that's true evolution. When you recognize... Where you could be better, and you can always be better. You can always do better. You can always learn. So, um, it's not easy to make that conscious decision every time. So, I think that's that's probably the hardest part of it all. But that's what I gained from that. You know?
0: So, do you think that there is a time to repeat?
1: Do I think that you should repeat? So, okay, so yeah, like, I guess the
0: question is, do you think? that there is a time to evolve and a time to repeat?
1: If you're talking about repeating something that I guess would be positive, say, you know, winning a competition or um, something went right in your day and you want to repeat that, of course. I mean, I guess, but in order to do that, I think situations change every day. So then Mm -hmm. that requires you evolving anyway. To okay. then repeat what happened, you know, because you, if you are repeating something, regardless of whether it's a positive or negative thing, it has, um, what's the term? diminishing returns. I think if you're just repeating the same thing over without changing the circumstances or making yourself better, you know, there's only, you would eventually feel stuck regardless of that. Okay. You know?
0: So. And i totally see where you're coming from so my problem with how the quote was presented was that it had that negative connotation sure. that the only option of those two is to evolve
1: right i see what you're saying
0: but when i like when i read that quote i go you're right i have the option today to evolve or repeat and then you look at it and say which one suits my day which one actually gets me to the next level. Because, one, on like a like literal evolutionary standpoint, if you changed every day, none of the traits that you evolved into are going to stick to the next generation. Like you're gonna be the one who dies out. Um, but the, uh, the things that evolved and then were repeated are the things that stuck around. On, from an evolutionary standpoint, I got you. Another of my favorite quotes that I'm going to, it's not going to be quoted, but just y- about um, Bruce Lee said he would rather, um, that it's better to do one kick 10,000 times than practice 10,000 kicks one time. So, and then as someone who does fitness, mm-hmm. When you're lifting, do you ever do one thing and then never do it again? No, of course not. Okay. So I think, and this also, as a note, stems from me spending way too much time on the internet and getting <laughs> motivational quotes that are also condescending at the same time and makes me scream at the internet. But um, I think one of the the nuance of this quote that. Is missed a lot in the presentation of it is that it's not you have to constantly be evolving it's that you look at every day and decide what that day can provide for you because some days what you need to do is whatever you did yesterday and whether that's because you're trying to survive a hard time a hard time in your life or you are trying to master a skill or you um just don't have the energy to take that next step like sometimes you have to repeat Mm -hmm. in order to be able to evolve but having that self-awareness to know when to step back and when to step forward i think is what will will serve people better in the long run because as a person who spent the first 33 years of her life just burning herself out until she wanted to die uh i'm not about that life anymore
1: no
0: yeah (laughs) i mean with the amount of things i'm doing you might think otherwise but (laughs) um it's and like i have become very disenchanted with like the hustle culture Mm -hmm. and like this idea that you have to constantly be pushing and not, not, not striving, but constantly be pushing yourself. And like the idea that if you want to be productive, you have to wake up at five o'clock in the morning and get a workout in and do this and do that. Like all of these things, if you want to be successful, because I started successfully handling my life when I stopped doing so much shit and yeah
1: I think there's an extreme in everything and there's a perspective for everything and everything's up for interpretation so when you talk about hustle culture there are those extremists who say get less sleep stay up longer do more and I will admit that I was in a place of that same thing you know where I felt that I had to, in order to make it, in order to be successful, I had to do everything to burn out. you know, every day if I had energy left, I wasn't doing it right. You know, so I, I have been there too. Um, I think hustle culture can be helpful. And again, it just depends on how you look at it, you know, with a lot of things. And to your point of the quote too, mm-hmm. of evolve or repeat. Um, it just depends. I think it really, a lot of things depend on the person. It depends on what that person needs in that time. You know, what, so, you know, there's people who struggle who might read that quote and gain value from it because they think, oh, I need to be better or I need to grow, you know, so. Get
0: unstuck. Get
1: unstuck. Yeah, that's the best way to put that, I guess, but ultimately with anything like that, I would agree you don't need to burn yourself out. Um, But I could say, like, you, you know, you pointed out that you got more of a hold of your life when you stopped burning yourself out and you started taking less off your plate. I would say that that is an evolution. Yeah. You know, that is where some people might perceive that as take, you know, you're going backwards. That is truly an evolution. You've identified what it is you need to progress your life. And sometimes that is slowing down, you know, and I would say that that has really helped me, too. I've. Been in that place where I tried to take on a hundred different things, and because I tried to take on a hundred different things all at once, I was mediocre at all of them and Uh progressing nowhere. You know, so when you identify things that really matter, which in my opinion is very limited, truly, then I think you can make the best step forward because that's really what it is. Is people get so oftentimes hustle culture is full of the people who they're not where they want to be in life. Mm -hmm. And so they think that they have to go to the absolute extreme to get anywhere. You know, so I think hustle culture preys on those people. But really, in my opinion, the one thing that anybody needs is to identify their values, their core values. in life.
0: I 100% agree. And
1: I think once you do that, you know, and you can, you'll find that it's a very small amount of things that you truly, truly, deeply care about to your core. And that's what defines you. And when you can find those things that you value so much and you can have a conversation with someone with unwaveringly about what you believe in and what you care about most, it stands for something. And it polarizes you in the way that you want to be polarized. You know, so I think that's the thing. People are so worried about what people think. People are so worried about, you know, looking the part. Mm-hmm. And when it boils down to it, the best evolution you could possibly make is aligning yourself with who you truly are. And this world has a way of making you fall
0: off that path. So, so much like this world, just it's like, what does that show? There's like a bunch of them now. That it's like the ridiculous um, obstacle courses where they're just like,
1: like wipe out?
0: Yeah, that's the one. Yeah, where like I feel like that's like you're like, oh, I know who I am. It's a. Like,
1: See, <laughs> but it, I think that's required though too, right? Like. I've, I've talked about this before to some people, but I have a tattoo idea that i wanted for a while, which is like mm-hmm. a Nordic compass. I don't it, know if you've ever seen it. it has like uh, this. Have we discussed this? had it? Uh-huh. I don't remember if this was before or after all that. But anyway, the tattoo is like the idea of a hero's journey. And I think everyone has a bit of a hero in them to some extent. Right. You're, you're your own you're, hero, right? Yes, you're so,
0: the hero of your own story.
1: Right. So to that point, I think I don't remember exactly what every piece means, but like it's it's the idea of you are your most... Yeah, you are your most like heroic self, I guess, for lack of a better term. And then through the stages, you fall apart, you fall away from that um, when you are faced with some trial that you have to go through, right? And it's the recognition of the trial, the falling off, dealing with the trial and slowly using that trial to then put yourself back at where you were, which is the hero you are in your life. And so that's what I think that life is all about, right, is you're going to face a lot of things where it's going to knock you off your feet. You're going to get your ass whooped. You're going to, sorry, I don't know if I can curse on this podcast. But you like, heard me? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, like, you're going to get your ass beat a lot. And I think there are so many situations in life where you have to learn from them. And it's not, life is not going to go the way. I think people try to work too hard to define the path that they need to walk. But if you know where you're at now, you're grateful for where you came from, you know where you're at now and you know the end goal. The path that you were supposed to go and sometimes it's the path that is not shown so like that's that's my thing you know
0: so two things like in conversations I've had recently um, there was the the conversation that really all you, all you need to know is your next step you don't have to be able to see mm-hmm. all of it you need to know enough of who you are in this moment To know where your next step is and know what you need to do to get to that step because once once you make it to that step you can see the next step and sometimes you'll be in a position where you can see the next six steps sometimes you're gonna you'll be able to see down the path sometimes there's gonna be a heavy fog that rolls in and you're gonna have trouble seeing your toes and some and those are the times that maybe you shouldn't go wandering off into the forest without (laughs) yeah but also, I was talking to someone in the same kind of regard of, like, okay, so me as a non-video gamer, mm-hmm. um, but I totally get, I don't know if there's, like, a term for this, but, like, when you're playing a video game and you mm-hmm. can't see the whole map, but, like, the more you travel, yeah. the more of the map gets uncovered.
1: There is a term
0: for that. <laughs> well, cool. Do you know it? Yeah, I do. Say
1: it. Fog of War. Oh. Fog of War. Or, right, okay. It depends on the game, but that's the idea for, like, okay. some games, yeah.
0: The only game i've ever played with that like that was civilization so
1: yeah i think it's and 30, i played that I once
0: that. for 32 hours straight and then never played it again 30, oh my god i well i won that's crazy. and then i had to push the button again because they were like i mean you took over the world but just another player like okay and that is why i don't play video games um, especially ones where you get take over the world because right. that's my jam um mm. but yeah this idea that the more you explore who you are the more of that map of what you actually want out of life is going to actually reveal itself i see what
1: you're saying that makes a lot
0: of sense so like you you can't be expected to start the game just like just seeing okay so let's do it like a real world thing i i 100 think that everybody should travel one i love travel and two like everyone should get the fuck out of their hometown yeah because I don't care where your hometown is. I don't care if your hometown is New York City or Cheyenne, Wyoming or somewhere even smaller than that. Like, you know your hometown too well. Like, it is... Very
1: true. Keeps you, like, narrow huh? Yeah,
0: like, you know who you're gonna see, you know what they're gonna say, you know what time the bus schedule runs or, like, what dogs are gonna be at the dog park, and that's a great thing to have. But, like... It can't be the only thing because sure. for personal development if that's the only thing that you've ever known there's so much of the world that you're missing right and like seeing different cultures experiencing different places like and it doesn't have to be like you don't have to jet set around the world like going from Cheyenne to North Dakota is a changing culture Going to New York City is a change of culture. Going to Denver is a fucking change of culture. Um, there's, like, you don't have to go far to experience different, but you have to go. And you don't have to stay. Right. But you just have to, like, go, go find out what Indian food tastes like. Because um, it's delicious. <laughs> I guess if you like curry um
1: love curry but i don't know that i've had like true true indian food yet. Well, really I to try. well we i mean town, i've though. been to well i've been to a place i guess that would technically be that but i don't know if it's like i don't know real like the realest it gets you know i i guess the only way you find that out is if you go to india you know and then you try it there right
0: i mean there's My ex-boyfriend had a lot of Indian friends, and so (laughs) they were all, uh, yeah, good food. That's all I know. They made it. I I, assumed it was authentic because they were from India. my experience, is good food for sure. (laughs) Um, but yeah, let's see how much time do we have before we go into the little cards. We can probably fit one more of these in. Okay, I, this might be too much. Well, whatever, we'll go. And if it's too much, we will like, up whatever. Um, so I have like, so where this concept in my head of common humanity, where it came from is, it's the idea of um, that humans share the same trials and tribulations and oftentimes we forget that because when we are, when we are facing our own bullshit, we forget that somebody else has been there too. Yeah. Um, and I mean, when you are, you know, ankle deep, knee deep, neck deep in bullshit, it is really hard to see past that. Yeah. Um. But there is, if there is one thing. That I could change about the way humans interact with one another, it would be the idea of common humanity, and the idea that um, that we all have pain, and instead of so I have like so my big my problem my pain point is that. Um, A lot of times when people are expressing their pain Mm -hmm. people will respond with um, you know some people have it worse or um, it doesn't just happen to you and a lot of things that are very unempathetic one of the things that like I notice a lot um, in internet comments because I like to torture myself is that um, when you're looking, and it's not just men and women, but it's a really easy division to draw. Um, that, like, men will be talking in a a sphere that's predominantly men, and they'll be talking about the things that pain them. And someone will come in and say, you know, women feel these things too, and a lot of people, not everybody but a lot of people get defensive and say, well, we're talking about us right now. And then the same thing happens when women are talking to women and a guy will come in and he'll be like, men feel this too. And they're like, well, we're talking about women. And I just want to slap everybody in the face and say, can we please just comprehend that we are all feeling this pain. And instead of trying to compare who has the worst pain can we try to find a way for all of us to heal? Because division kills, honestly. It doesn't matter, like, whether you're talking grand scheme political things, if you're talking, um, like, within a family, when friend groups, anything. Like, when you start to divide, um, it we become less coherent and less strong. Anything come up for you when I talk about that?
1: I think it's a matter of people not truly embracing each other's differences, right? So. It's okay to be different, it's okay to be unique, and it's okay to have those divisions as long as you understand that they're there for a reason, you know? And I think that's the thing. So, not to say, men and women should be able to talk to each other normally, right? right? Like, not put that division between them, you know, right. and make that uh, boundary that you can't cross. I think it, the reality is, no matter what division there is, you're still human to some extent, right? So we all share that in common, right? They're all powerful in different ways for the differences we have and i think that's where a lot of that gets lost especially in today today's day and age right so everyone thinks differently of course everyone has their own opinion everyone has all of that and that to me is okay to have it's okay to have those things because you are different you grew up different you know you everything was different for you to where you are now um it takes a special kind of person but where it all begins is with those people and being able to go, you know what, I recognize that you're different. I recognize that you've been through things differently. And I recognize that you need to hear that sometimes you need to know that you're not crazy because of who you are. Um, Just don't let that get in the way, I guess is what I'm saying of you being able to have a conversation with someone, you being able to be human with somebody, Right. you know, um, moreover just again being accepting of that fact it's just to your point of travel it's the same thing as going to see a different culture because you want to genuinely understand that you know and i think that's what we miss a lot right now is people aren't going out of their way to understand somebody else for the different person they are but rather using that difference against them and that's the
0: problem i very much agree with that all right do you (laughs) <laughs> Do you think that there are any things generally um, that you would say impact are like a larger pain point for men than women, not exclusively men, but are a larger pain point for men in our society?
1: I mean, not off the top of my head, you know. I think we all, I'm sure there are things. I don't, I'm not aware of them. Um, But I think that's the thing. Everyone's going to experience things differently. And part of what plays into that is your sex, you know. I don't know. I mean, you're going to have some of the similar problems I have, regardless of whether I'm a guy or a girl, you know, so like, I I don't think that you inherently have different issues because you're a guy or you inherently have different issues because you're a girl, you know, or issues that can't be talked to the other sex about, you know, or they can't, there's not a division because you're a guy versus a girl over those things, I guess, is what I'm trying to say, you know?
0: Okay. All are All right. We're going to bust out some cards because...
1: This will be fun. It will be
0: fun. Do you want to draw your own cards? Um I don't
1: care. No, you do. Okay.
0: We're going to go through all three questions. All three card. questions on
1: the same card. Yeah.
0: Okay. And then if we want to we'll so move fun. on to next one. Okay. What is a goal you have set for the year?
1: Goal that I have set for the year. That's crazy. New year, new me, I guess. Um <laughs> Yeah, no. So for me, I right now have gone through the collection, I'll be completely transparent, the collection of debt over time for the sake of looking cool, right? Looking cool to other people and why, I I mean, I had fun doing this, some of the things I did and whatever, I learned a lot from that and I learned that that really doesn't matter at the end of the day. So for me, this year is all about um, correcting some of those things and transitioning to other things. Um, on top of that, I, I mean, I have, I have a few, right? So that's one of them, but ultimately I have, I have a girlfriend that I love dearly that we are trying to make a lot of things happen this year. You know, we want to, um, make ourselves financially free and I'm excited to say that we both have that mindset. So I think that's, that's a big thing for me. Um, Our goals are to get there, hopefully
0: by that. That is awesome, and it's fantastic to have someone who is your partner in that, right? Because that is, I mean, when when you're fighting against that in your own personal life,
1: it can be tough, right? Yeah,
0: that's so good on you. If you were a professional photographer, what would you take pictures of, and why? Oh, that's a good question.
1: That's a great. It'd be very broad, I think, because sometimes I love sightseeing, I love what the views I can find, but other times I'm like super focused on you know how cool it would be to get pictures of posing for bodybuilding or things like that or building a brand so then my obviously my pictures that I would want to take are very different than just taking pictures of scenery and things of that sort so I don't know it's a broad spectrum really. Um, just based off of what i like and what i'm passionate about
0: i appreciate that i think one of the things that i i try to embody and can hopefully get more people to feel comfortable in is the idea that humans are dualistic and so we don't have to be just one thing yeah um so
1: i have an interesting question well i will not to get too much on a tangent but you know, there's there's such thing as obviously being dualistic or having a you know being multifaceted, and mm-hmm. I think that's important, of course. But I do think it's important that you know you find your purpose and your mm-hmm. goals in life. You know, but I think some people can get stuck on trying to be multifaceted that they never truly really hone themselves into that. That's purpose, true. You know what I mean? I don't
0: know if you see that the same way. I guess. Um, I mean, I think. I think there are definitely people who thrive in a more chaotic sense. Mm-hmm. Um, I met a gentleman the other day, and he's just like listing off all of the things that he does. He's like, I refurbish this, and I throw events, and I rent out things for this, and I this, and I write, and I do this, yeah. and I do that. I'm like, you just do all the things you want to do, and he's like, yeah, when I want to do them.
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, no, that's super cool. That is awesome. That is super cool.
0: Um, And then there are some people who, who thrive better when they actually, like, they have a path and a plan and the things that they do somehow, I guess it does, it all comes back to what your purpose is. Yeah. Because you can have one purpose and serve that purpose in a thousand different ways. Very true um so deciding what what ways to serve that purpose um and oftentimes unfortunately in our society that the way to serve your purpose is not how you make your money or you know support your lifestyle but it is what makes life worth living
1: sure absolutely no i I think uh that lifestyle is adventurous, I will say that. Like, I think there is something to be said. I think the one flaw I find in just having one specific purpose necessarily is that you lose, you sacrifice some of the adventure. Mm-hmm. You know, there uh, there is a journey when you're chasing your purpose, especially if you dream big and everything like that. But you lose some of the adventure that is coincides with having the ability to just kind of do multiple things, just do everything you enjoy. You know, I think I admire that about people like that who can just do a hundred different things that they love to do and you know, it makes them happy. Yeah. That's
0: cool. All right. Your last question. Yes. What is your, what is your primary love expression, words of affirmation, gift giver, acts of service, quality time, or physical touch?
1: What is mine? Yes. Like for someone else. Like if I was going to.
0: No, so what's yours? What is mine? So
1: if someone was going to. So what's
0: your love language?
1: Your right. primary level. Say approach. them all again. Those were those were all of them,
0: right? Yeah. So there's words of affirmation, gift giver, acts of service, quality time, or physical touch.
1: Oh goodness! I mean, I don't know that I have a primary one. I don't know if that's possible. I'm sure everyone kind of does, or whatever, but I guess if I thought about it, it's a mix of several of them. Um, physical touch is one for sure. I find that a good hug is always super endearing, you know, so especially in your worst times, you know, having a good hug is important. It lets you know that the other other person cares Mm -hmm. regardless of the situation. I think that for me is super important is that we're going to get into a lot of difficult things in life and you're going to be in some very difficult situations with a lot of people you care about and love. And what's so important for me in a lot of those situations is making sure you don't lose sight of that. Because once you lose sight of that, I think that's when people start to really, like, hurt each other, mm-hmm. you know? Um, for me, if you really care about something, your goal ultimately is to make sure that you get somewhere that you agree. That you, like, you're working towards yeah. agreement or finding a, a common ground, right? But what happens a lot of times is you lose sight of that, you know? And a lot of that comes down to when you don't demonstrate that you still care hey I'm still here I still just want you to know I love you I care about you but you're pissing me off (laughs) you know or whatever the case is yeah I think that's the thing you know um so that for me is a a super important piece because that demonstrates especially in tough situations tough times that you are still there and still present still care and still love um adding on to that I guess Acts of service is a big one. Uh, no, I guess not for me. Never mind. Words of affirmation. You know, that might be my ego. But that might <laughs> be my ego, ego talking. It is part of you, so... Yeah, that might be my ego talking, though. Um, <laughs> you know, I like to know that I'm a fucking stud sometimes. You're anyway. pretty,
0: Brennan. It's fine. <laughs> like, um, Disney handsome. Oh, my God. Now um, he's <laughs> blushing.
1: No, so... You know words of affirmation that and then, um, what were the Um, and...
0: so gift giver and quality time, quality time,
1: um, more specifically on quality time, just getting to know somebody or wanting to know someone. Um, yeah, I, I think it's important, you know, if you really want to love someone, then you would demonstrate that also by wanting to know them, you know, yeah, um. So those three, I guess, a combination of the two.
0: Perfect, okay, we have seven minutes.
1: Shoot, we can do another one. Oh, my turn? Is I this, know. this isn't the same one? No, it's not.
0: Okay. Or you can pick a different one, I don't care. I'll just go right in the middle, so going That's fine. Yeah, right. <laughs> that's good, play the game.
1: Okay. Am I asking you these?
0: Yes. Okay.
1: Name at least three things, activities, that bring you joy in life.
0: Lifting heavy shit.
1: Yeah, I figured.
0: <laughs> Driving really fast. Okay. Singing music really loud, sometimes well, sometimes not, gotcha. <laughs> but usually loud. Those are all really
1: fun things. I Those
0: like are really
1: very fun things. Um, name a personal limitation. Like I'm always late. Now prefix it with "up until now." Does it now feel like it, the limitation can be beaten? That's um, a really strong question. Okay. Um, the cool card.
0: Personal limitation. Right. Oh, oh, I'm not going to tear up. Um, I far too often struggle to know my worth. And how am okay. I supposed to reframe this?
1: Up until now.
0: Up until now, I have struggled to know my worth.
1: Do you feel... That you can beat that on taste, man.
0: Dude, I'm fucking working on it every day. See, every fucking. day. I mean, I was day. gonna say
1: this. This <laughs> must be a piece of that, obviously. Like, just,
0: yeah,
1: it's super cool to see. You know, um, so it definitely seems like you're trying to beat
0: it. Yeah, I'm gonna win. I, am a winner. You're a
1: winner. Winners always win. Winner. Um, what is something you would like to say to your younger self, if it were possible, and at what age? Wow, why, <laughs> why age?
0: Okay. Okay, so this is too long, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to jump in, re- and I'll give you a short answer in okay. a minute. But first, um, there is a piece at the back of my book that debuts on, so February 1st, the first book comes out.
1: Yeah, have you revealed the name of the book?
0: So the book is called Honor. Okay. It is the first book in my carbon copy series. It is a three book, it is a three book poetry series, um, about my journey through trauma and healing. Gotcha. And so, yeah. Um.
1: Is it like an autobiography or is it? Oh, it
0: is so, it is an autobiography. It is an autobiography. Through poetry. Okay. Gotcha. <laughs> Which is funny because like there was a, a post on Facebook the other day that I shared because I've had some family members who were like, I really want to read it and it was, Um, like, the post was just like, oh, like, your family, when you, like, write something, they're like, I want to read your writing, and they're like, ha, not unless we're gonna get real cool about a lot of things really quickly. (laughs) Um, which is actually, like, the hardest part about that book coming out is not, like, I can share my story openly with strangers, like, I don't know who could listen to this, and I could tell you all of it, and it would not faze me, but telling my story to the people who I know and care about is very difficult. Yeah. Um, because I don't want their perception of me to change. Like, I get that. Um, but yeah. So, there is, but there's a piece and I think it's like four pages long or something that I wrote um, called Disassembling My Monster at the end of each one of the books. I put it in all three of them because it was supposed to be one book and then it got too long because nobody wants a fucking 500 page book of poetry. Not even <laughs> me. Um, and so I broke it up and, um, it's, um, it's something I wrote after a th- really, really hard therapy session, um, where my therapist was like, okay, you've been running from this monster for a really long time. It keeps getting bigger. It keeps getting louder. You need to look at the monster and tell me what you see. And I turned around and I just saw like all of these visions of various aspects of my younger selves like trapped in their pain. And I just got so pissed off. I was just like, They don't deserve this. They already lived through this. This is bullshit. Yeah. And so I like dove in. So that's like what that whole piece is about. And um, the one thing that I said to all of them and will continue to say to all of them whenever they rear their little monstrous heads is thank you for surviving. You can rest now. Because it is not... My five-year-old's job, to take care of adult me.
1: That's really cool. She
0: did a really good job, but she is not nearly as prepared as I am. But yeah, I don't even know if we're still going. We have like, if we started on time, I can't we have like, oh, you would be able to tell me. I can't.
1: Tell you.
0: Um, a minute left, if we are. That was Sweet. Um, we're gonna go until it kicks us off. So woohoo! Um, but yeah. Those that is what I would say to every version of my younger self. Um, you did what you you did what you could to protect yourself and get out of every situation that you've been in alive. Oh, my voice is cracking. Um but it's not your job anymore.
1: Yeah.
0: I got this. I'm feisty you're now.
1: <laughs>
0: you're ready. But yeah. Well, thank you for joining me.
1: Absolutely. This is fun. fun.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: I good time. I've always love deep conversations, so that's fun.
0: I know that's why you were invited to be here. <laughs> <laughs> like I said, we've we've never had a dull conversation. Yeah, I don't seem like have. Yeah. I don't think so. I think probably the most dull conversation was just like, "Hey, this is what I need you to do today," but it wasn't really a conversation. It was just like a Oh yeah. Here's your job. <laughs> Though I still awesome high five to myself for the one time that I wrote your to-do list as an epic quest.
1: Um, oh yeah, yeah. That, that was, was super fun. Yeah, it was
0: funny. And I've also decided, as you know, I tangent a lot. Um, so I have now decided that anytime I'm tangenting, maybe not any time, but at least sometimes when I'm tangenting, because I usually announce it like when I'm talking, I'm like tangent, yeah, and then yeah. take people along.